0: Good morning, good morning, morning. and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 7th of June, 2013, and today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, and we are on page 25, the second paragraph that begins, The Great Fact. And today's readers are 12 Steps, Marge, 12 Traditions, Philomena, and then it will be Karen, Kim, Julie, and Sharon. The share code for yesterday, Thursday the 6th of June, is 4596. 4596. OA Preamble. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Marge to please read the
1: 12 steps.
2: Good morning, this is Marge. Compulsive Overreader. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, go ahead Go ahead, Marge. We can hear you.
3: You can
4: hear me now?
0: Yes, yes.
4: My phone does silly things. Twelve steps. one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive old readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
5: Pass.
0: Thank you, Marge. I will now ask Philomena to read the Twelve Traditions.
5: Good morning, vision for you. This is Philomena, a recovered compulsive reader. Thank you, God. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. OA is anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10 is Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at a level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Philomena. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter There is a Solution, and we are on page 25. On the second paragraph that begins, the great fact is just this. And I will ask Karen to begin reading, please.
6: Yes, good morning. This is Karen. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can.
6: Thank you. Uh, Good morning, everyone. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish these things for us, which we could never do by ourselves. And what what I thought before um, experiencing recovery was that, When I, quote, got there, I would have a normal size, I would have calm emotions, and it was really all about me. I would have this, I would have that. And um, as I have come to understand my spiritual experience, I begin to think about others. And um, not only think about them, share with others. And so I found this line on page 124, which really, to me, is my spiritual experience. Showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it you can avert death and misery for them. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Karen. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph?
1: Star one to unmute. Hi,
8: this is I'd like to share. Hi, this is Sheila.
0: Okay, I heard someone before Sheila. I didn't catch your name. Vanessa. Vanessa? Yes. Okay, Vanessa? I can hear Vanessa and then Sheila. Go ahead, Vanessa.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Vanessa. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I really, really love um, hearing that because I definitely have had periods of feeling shame and regret and remorse and anger and sadness about my past Um things I've done, things that have been done to me or things that haven't been done for me, um, things that I haven't done for people, um, especially like my daughter. Um, being active in this disease and really sick um, is painful to look at. Um, and I don't know how I could have the promise of being well, I don't know if it's necessarily a promise, but um, that God wants me to be happy, joyous, and free if there wasn't, if he couldn't take those things that um, had all those feelings attached to them and turn them into something useful. And I really have found that. Um, I've really had experiences where that is actually true. Um I I work with a group of uh, teenage girls that have just kind of started really getting in trouble. And um, I know when I share my story, like all of it, and I don't sugarcoat it, um, that I feel close to them and um, they're open to me in a way that um, I don't think they would be if I came in there and they felt like I you know was either perfect or thought I was perfect. I don't think they would be open to me um, and I feel like I can reach them in a way that that is different um because I've been to recovery or I'm in recovery. And I think the thing that I learned from being in here is how because people are generally so open about things that have happened in their life um, that have caused them pain or made them happy or, you know, where they hurt somebody or whatever. And it really helps me to be open to and to uh, forgive myself. So I I really love hearing, hearing that part of the book that I like so much. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Vanessa. Sheila, go ahead.
8: Good morning. This is Sheila Compulsive Over-Eater from New York. Um, This is a great, great paragraph. I really like it. It gets me back in touch to realizing that it's not my will, it's I will be done. Um, There have certainly been incidents and situations in my life where I try to get in or other people try to get in and have their way, and yet above all, God has the last word. Um, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do for ourselves. In my morning meditation and prayer this morning, I kind of have a gratitude list where I go through and periodically remember all the things that God has done, which I thought absolutely for sure I didn't see coming. You know, and just like, I know that God has been in the middle of those things. He will definitely get up in between me and this disease and have his way. It won't be my way. I just have to continue to show up, be present, and do what I need to do. My relationship with God sometimes like we're in dialogue, and that's okay, because I'm talking through things or working through things. But for sure, I know that there is a God that lives within me, and he blesses me each and every day, and that keeps me putting one foot in front of the other to try to break this cycle and this disease that's within me and and the loved ones and my family. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sheila. Well, this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here. Um, The great fact is just this and nothing else, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. And there's a little asterisk there, so let's turn to page 567. And it says, spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. So what is this spiritual experience? Spiritual awakening, it's a personality change. It's a personality change. As a result of going through these steps, cleaning your house, doing all your four-step inventory, steps five through nine, making your amends, you will get a personality change. What is this? It is a change in your thinking, a change in your attitude, you know? Bless them, change me. That's what a spiritual experience is. And a spiritual experience is a sudden spiritual experience, a sudden happening, which happened to Bill. But for the majority of us, it's going to be a spiritual awakening. It's a process. It comes over time as a result of doing these of doing this work and it's an ongoing process so I just wanted to put that out there that a spiritual experience is a change in our thinking our attitudes and it goes on to say which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life towards our fellows and towards God universe we're gonna have a new set of glasses we are going to see things differently we are going to know that we can react differently and with that, I'll pass. And who else would like to comment on this paragraph? This, this is, is Paula. Kim. May I comment? I heard Paula and someone else. Kim. Kim. Okay. Paula and then Kim.
9: Thank you, Monica. And thank you for your service. And this would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive reader. So happy to say that I'm in that place. But this place that we're talking about here, the great fact is just this, and nothing less they're very specific, not the fact, the great fact. Emphasis there that we have had deep and effective how often we read the words depth and width of a spiritual experience. And as Monica said, personality, a personality change. The personality is who you are, who you were. That which constitutes an individual It's who I was. That's my personality. You would know it, my voice, what I did, what I acted. All of that is who I was. The whole kit and caboodle, the great fact, everything had to be touched and changed by God himself. And that's what it says here which have revolutionized another word for tremendous change. Our whole attitude, mm -mm, thinking, doing, it all comes together here. Toward life, toward our fellows, now there it is, and toward God's universe, leaves nothing out. There is a line, and I'd like to, to say the greatest change that I had here, I felt was, and I'd like to read this to you, and this is a vision for you. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. Oh, this is nice, the fellowship. You will bound to them with the new and wonderful ties. for you will, here it is, escape disaster together and you will commence. There it is. This what we do here on the line. Commence shoulder to shoulder. Your common journey. My German journey wasn't common with anyone, nor did I want it to be. My ego wanted it to be different, better, bigger, larger. Then you will know, to know, not known before, what it means to give of yourself. I was always a taker. That others, not me, may survive and rediscover life. Here you will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. With that I bid my neighbors a fond adieu and I will pass on.
0: Thank you, Paula. Kim, go ahead.
9: Good morning, Monica.
10: Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim, G. and I'm a retired compulsive reader from South Jersey. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective, effective spiritual experience that have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. You know, when I came into OA, I had a lot of deep, spiritual experiences, to understand that I had certain foods that I couldn't eat because it created a phenomenon of craving was a deep experience. To understand that I could not do this alone was a deep experience. To understand I had to get a higher power was a deep experience. But it wasn't effective because I kept picking up. You know, I had six years at one point and I picked up. And then I could get eight months and I would pick up. So the effective spiritual experience and what, when it became effective was when I decided to do these steps in their totality, when I decided to stop adding the latest self-help book and the latest talk show host and picking other material from OA and other material from AA and decided I would just mix them all together as a smorgasbord. When I decided to do these steps as they were presented, I had an effective spiritual experience, meaning the obsession is removed, meaning that now I don't just go to bed at night and think, oh, thank God, I beat the food one more day. Today, I do not want my binge foods, and that is because I have revolutionized my whole attitude towards life, towards my fellows, and towards the universe. You know, there is an uh, old joke that talks about you know, being a teabag Christian. And you only pray when you're in hot water. Well, that was part of my problem. I was a tea bag compulsive overeater. I only used this program when I was in hot water. I would do certain things until the pain would get a little less severe. And then I would go back and do what I wanted to do. I would practice these principles in the OA rooms because you, you understood. And then I would go out to the grocery store, and when somebody was in the aisle with 12 items and the sign said 10 items or less, I would curse them out out loud or I would curse them out in my brain. So I had to revolution. I had to change everything. You know, the Revolutionary War, when we declared independence against England, was not a little skirmish. We had to change everything, everything. So, I have to treat my fellows differently. I have to develop a new relationship with God. I have to clear away the wreckage of my past so I can create a new experience. Until I revolutionize everything, I might have deep spiritual experiences, but they're not going to be effective. And the central fact is, and nothing less, that we've had deep and effective, effective spiritual experiences. We have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
1: Monica, Hyde. Hi. hi, Monica. This is Lisa from South Jersey.
0: I heard Leah and someone before Leah. And your name, please?
1: Lisa from South Lisa. Jersey.
0: Lisa. Lisa and then Leah.
1: Thank you. Uh, good morning, uh, everyone, um, my name is Lisa. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Um, thank you, Kim. Uh, Kim took most of the words out of my mouth, um, but I wanted to add. I wanted to add one thing. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our heart. That strikes me so deeply because I, I recall coming into OA, I always had a God. I always believed in God. I was very religious at one point, and then I awakened to the concept of I was very spiritual. I had many different practices that I did, and, and my attitude was, you know, what in... What do these people have to say to me that I don't already know about God? But what I've come to realize is that my Creator was in my head, and I'd have periods of abstinence. One time, five years, and and just like Kimpton, then I all of a sudden I picked up because I had all these deep experiences but none of them were effective until I worked these steps. And I, re- I experienced my creator entering my heart through this process, and my whole life has changed. Well, I've changed. My life is somewhat the same, but my view on it is totally different. And I thank God for that. I thank God that it lives in my heart. And now I am beginning to do things that I could never do by myself. What a gift this program is. And I just want to say to those who are struggling with the concept of surrendering to it, Just keep walking, keep walking, and know that you can have this, too. Let go and let God.
11: With that, I pass.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Leah, go ahead, please.
11: Thank you so much, Monica. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The great fact is just this and nothing less. That We have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe um, Again, there is a point and a purpose <laughs> to being an overeater's anonymous. The whole goal here of gathering together every morning um the whole aim and the objective of the program of recovery is to get to this place called a spiritual experience. Um, or a spiritual awakening, Uh, like the appendix uh, states that Monica just read, what the big book wrote when it meant uh, spiritual experience, that would be the sudden type, but a spiritual awakening is a type that develops slowly over a period of time. But in either case, it's going to be a personality change sufficient to recover from compulsive overeating, meaning the obsession of the mind will be expelled, it will be driven out. What is a personality? A personality is made up of the way we think, of the way we feel, our attitude, and our outlook upon life. So what the steps do um, is prepare us. It prepared me to receive that. That spiritual awakening was made possible through the steps. 12 steps it made me ready to receive a spiritual awakening which is the ability to come out of self-centeredness and it is the process which allows for the driving out of the greater aspect of the disease which is the obsession of the mind and how is that possible well the big book gives us clear-cut directions the book is designed to bring about an experience that will allow that to happen so there is a, there is an aim and goal and a goal. It's not nebulous. It is something that is the whole point of this program, to get to a place of spiritual experience, spiritual awakening, to be restored to sanity, to have soundness of mind. What was insanity? Insanity was the inability to see and act on the truth. So sanity is the opposite, the ability to see the truth and act on the truth. I am a compulsive overeater. You know, there are substances I cannot touch. I see that. I see the truth about myself, and I act on that truth. I make decisions based on that truth. I have soundness of mind. I am able to uh, be cooperative with reality. I've been relieved of the obsession to compulsively overeat. Now I am free. So it says here, the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. What could we not do? (laughs) We could not um, see the truth. We could not act on the truth. that We have been restored to sanity. I mean, I I encourage you to turn to page 60 for a moment and look at those three pertinent ideas, which um, work very well with this paragraph that we're studying this morning. The three pertinent ideas which are laid out for us after the 12 steps. It says, Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. C, that God could and would if he were sought. That's what's happening here. These men and women um, have been restored to sanity. This has occurred not through their own uh, personal willpower or personal determination or intellect, or self-knowledge, this is what happens when they, when we, cooperate with the grace of God. When we cooperate with God's grace and implement these steps, take these action steps, we can be restored to sanity. Is that anything of personal um, accomplishment and recognition? No, we we have changed from what we were, from what we had become, to that which God intends for us to be. A spiritual awakening. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Hi, this
3: is Carolyn. Katie.
0: I heard Carolyn and then Katie.
3: Hi, I'm Sharon. Carolyn.
0: Carolyn, Katie, and then Sharon. Go ahead, Carolyn.
3: That was great. I'm a from Massachusetts. You know, this paragraph says to me that um, it brings me right back to the promises of this program. Talk about this development. Twelve different promises that this program makes to me. It says pain taken. It's trouble. I have to experience the pain getting recovered. I have to go through this. I can't go around it anymore. I can't try to skirt it. It's there. It's that white elephant. It needs to be addressed. It's going to address it. And I'm going to end up dead. So I have to be painstaking about it. I have to take it and I have to look at it and I have to understand that I need to look at my life. I need to look at my relationship with God. And if I don't look at those two things, nothing else is going to matter because if I don't build a good relationship with a higher power, I'm not going to understand or get the rest of it. It's not going to happen for me. I have to develop that. You know, the the first promise it tells me is that I'm going to be amazed before I'm halfway through. I was blown away before I was halfway through. By step five, I was like, holy moly, what just happened to me? It was incredible. But it wasn't until I had the willingness, I needed that willingness to let go, rely, and trust on a power greater than myself, on something that could restore me to sanity because I was truly insane. I was absolutely at the depths of of insanity. I was so bad into it that they wanted to throw away the key. I'm sure of it. But I needed to understand that as long as I put my focus on a power greater than myself, all things are possible. All things
1: are possible. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn. Katie, go ahead. Good morning.
12: This is Katie, a Recovered Compulsive reader in Virginia. And I just want to, you know, contrast. uh, This is saying um, that we have had had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life. I mean, this is the same person who, you know, was described a few paragraphs before um, as being placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up may die or go permanently insane. He uh, is the one who strange to say is usually that he has no more idea why he took that first drink than you have. I mean, this is huge that I wake up every morning not with a stomach ache and the memory of the the food that I ate the day before, and the fear of the financial insecurity, because I you know go out to dinner and i pay uh have everyone pay me, and then um I spend that money on more food, and then the bill comes, you know my visa bill or my American express bill comes, and it's you know hundreds and thousands of dollars of of eating out that I don't have the money for because i'm uh, underemployed because i you know, have such a hot temper that I can't um, get along with people and on and on and on. This is a spiritual experience that I wake up today and I do not think about, oh, oh, there's still more of that food in the refrigerator that I was eating last night. Oh, I can go eat that now. You know, my, my thought process has completely changed. But this didn't, it did happen overnight, but I didn't know that it happened overnight. I didn't overthink it and think, you know, uh, just to, and try to shove God out of the driver's seat and get back in there. You know, I wake up every day today and say, God, what, what is my next right action? What is it I'm supposed to be doing today to best serve you? Because my best thinking got me to, suicidal tendencies and suicidal actions and, uh, you know, a hot temper and a ridiculous uh, plan for my life. God's way has brought me to thousands of experiences that I never thought I could get through without the numbing of food. So this doesn't happen in a way that... um, you know, I thought it should. I thought that I would still be the uh, the star of the universe and that, you know, everyone would look at me and think I was so great. But, you know, those things don't matter to me anymore. I am at a, at a neutral plane with other people today. And I only want to do what God wants me to do. And that, I could not do that myself. That had to come from a higher power. And, you know, I just think of the building of the Great Wall of China. You know, they didn't go out there and build that in one day. They built it one brick at a time or whatever it's made of, you know, one portion at a time. And, you know, that's what we do with our lives. We we rebuild it one day at a time. And all I know is I don't wake up today with the thought of give me my food. I wake up today... At a place of neutrality with food, which is nothing less than a miracle. With that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Katie. Sharon, go ahead.
7: Thank you, Monica. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Go ahead. All right, thank you. Thank you for your service, and hello to everyone out on the line. I'm Sharon in Colorado, a compulsive overeater. And um, these two pages that we've been on this past week have just really hit home with me and and it's the um, ones that I missed, um, even though I thought I knew this book backwards and forwards. But on page 24, it states a fact. It says, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. And then down at the bottom of that same page, it says these stark and ugly facts have been confirmed um, by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more commencing convincing demonstrations. And then we come down to this paragraph that we're on today. And here is a great fact just filled with hope and the grace of God. The great fact is this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. And he does that by renewing our minds. God is the only one that has the power to do that. And um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this group. I am just seeing things so differently regarding... Um, this compulsive overeating uh, disease that I've been plagued with for many, many years. And so I am so grateful uh, today by God's grace to be abstinent, but also to be willing to um, listen and then um, share on the line with others because I'm one of those that um, struggled for many, many years in this program. And I thank you for your service, and I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Kim, would you read, please?
3: Thanks, Monica.
0: If you are as seriously
10: alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual health. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Good morning again, everyone. This is critical. This is absolutely critical. You know, that intolerable situation, intolerable situation, and I always thought that intolerable Situation with being in the food. What I have come to believe is that the intolerable situation is being abstinent. Abstinence is so painful. You know, we're often told in the rooms, put the food down, you'll feel better. Get abstinent, you'll feel better. And that is absolutely true because you're going to feel anger better. You're going to feel depression better. You're going to feel anxiety better. And that is intolerable. When someone would tell me there is a solution, Absolutely not. You don't understand my problem. I have a hundred problems. I have a hundred forms of fear. How can there be one solution? But the fact was, there was always one solution. It was the food. Well, maybe one day it was a ding-dong and one day it was a Dorito, but it was always the food. So that intolerable situation is the true nature of a compulsive overeater. That intolerable situation is the restlessness, the irritability, the discontent, the underlying feeling that I am so uncomfortable in my own skin, that mental twist, that chatter in my head that just won't shut the hell up, then what are my alternatives? I can blot out that with the consciousness, with the food, or I can go for spiritual help. Those are my two alternatives because once I've passed into that region, that region where I have the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body, I am screwed. Because this disease cannot be treated by accidents only. We need to put the food down to have the clarity of thought to work the steps. But that in and of itself is intolerable. Because as a compulsive overeater, I have lacked the skills to deal with life. And that situation is so intolerable, I have but two alternatives. I'm going to blot out the consciousness of that intolerable situation by picking up the food, or I'm going to have to seek spiritual help, which is done through these 12 steps. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This
13: is Nancy. Can I share?
0: Go ahead, Nancy.
13: I just love these paragraphs that we're reading this morning. Good morning, everybody. Nancy here, uh, Recovery Compulsively over year from Lewiston, Idaho. Um, You know, I love the directness and the exactness with which this book is written and the words they use. They do not mince words in this book. It is very clear without a shadow of a doubt what the instructions are. And... um, boy i uh you know i tried to squeeze in the what ifs and the buts in between the words that i would hear for so many years and um the fact is that i was afraid of uh doing the doing the whole work i knew i had heard from the beginning that it was a spiritual experience that i needed to recover but there was something about the spiritual experience that terrified me, and there was a couple of reasons. One is because I was afraid that God wouldn't help me with my food. I wasn't good enough. You know, I had carried these beliefs from childhood about the God of my understanding that I carried into adulthood that meant if I wasn't good enough, then I didn't find favor in God's eyes, so to speak. And so um, believing myself not good enough, I didn't feel like I had it in with God enough to get help with something like my food because at that time I was still looking at my food as something like I should be able to control it. Everybody else does. I didn't see it as a deadly fatal disease that I know it to be today. And the other thing was that I was afraid if I really opened myself up and... Ask God what he want, what his will for me was, that he would ask me to do something that I couldn't do. And then when I really got to work, I realized "Ah, that's not what I was afraid of. He wasn't, I don't, my God would never ask me to do something I can't do. But, oh, boy, what if he asked me to do something I don't want to do? And that was more where the fear was. But what happened is I got to that point where it talks about towards the end of this paragraph where we have two choices you know, I, like to, I like to refer to it either the jumping off point or the <laughs> or the surrender point. And I really debated. It wasn't an easy choice for me because, the, you know, not that I wanted to end it all and just say, you know, screw it. But at the same time, I kept thinking that I could find some gray area in between. Look at all this exact language that talks about exactly, specifically um, deep and effective, you know, I mean, these words, they're, You can't mince the words, but oh, the insanity in my head would let me try, if I just if I just stay on my food plan. I loved how Harlan put it: um, dieting with group support. That's what I did. You know, I'd find a group that had specific, you know, requirements, and I followed all of them so I could stay abstinent for a year, two years once. And um, oh boy, and yeah, I had experiential experience. I feel better when I'm not. My head's not clouded with the food, but it wasn't effective because it didn't cure the obsession. It was nothing that was going to last long term. It was a temporary reprieve from the food is what I had. I did not have a deep and effective spiritual experience. You know, I know one of the hugest miracles that I have experienced since having this deep and effective spiritual experience. Get this, I want to help others. I feel bad because I have to turn people down when they need somebody to work them through the steps because there's not enough hours in the day. I feel bad that I have to work for a living because I wish I could just do this all day long. It is alive in me. I came in here selfish, self-centered, a liar, cheat, and thief. And I'm going to tell you, the last thing I would really just love to do is sit down and help you all figure out how to not eat compulsively anymore. That has been one of the major changes. My thought plane is on how I can help others instead of what can I get for me. Huge miracle. And it's only because I made the choice to follow a few simple spiritual I can't remember the exact verbiage at the end, but I made the choice to follow the spiritual principles outlined in the steps. And as a result, I received the um, spiritual experience that it's talked about in this book. So thank you so much for allowing me to share, and I hope you all have a really great day. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I comment? I heard Paula and then Lois? Lois. Mm -hmm. Okay, Paula and then Lois. Thank you. This would be Paula Recovered. You know, it
9: starts with almost like a question here we see. If you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, there's a we there. We believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. That word seriously, a grave, earnest, attended with danger, there it is. And that's what they put. Is that where you were? If you're not, honey, you're not looking for a solution. You're not looking for a solution. A solution is an answer. Because you know why? You already think you got the answer. Or you'll find the answer somewhere else. And the Lord knows, I did a lot of looking. But that part, that middle of the road solution, for the one that is seriously alcoholic, there is none. But there we'll prance, we'll prance along, oh that oh I bet that's it. And each time a failure. Oh maybe a short success. But I want to drop it down to here. We had but two alternatives. That was it. There wasn't seventeen choices, there wasn't five. One was to go to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. Sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? But how often that's the one we chose? And the other to accept spiritual help. The surrender must be total and complete. And you must know, as it said, the fact, and without any doubt, the grave nature of this disease. It gets you both ways, honey. Oh, I'll fight it with everything within me. You've got nothing within you. When you finally realize that there is no self help. Because there is no help in self. Then, and only then, can you make the other. And that is to accept spiritual help. They are the answer and the solution. And thank you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula.
0: Go ahead, Lois.
14: Hi, good morning, um, Monica and everyone on the line. Uh, this is Lois recovered in uh, in Massachusetts. Um, this just, you know, I don't know where to begin other than I do know where to begin. Um, if you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, I wanted to just say if I was seriously alcoholic as they were. I loved what Paula emphasized too as the we, you know, because this is written by uh, 100 people who have gone through the same situation as I have, not just one man's opinion, but as we, we believe there is no middle-of-the-ground solution. Well, of course, I wasted, I did what I had to do, but I, I was fighting this, I was in the middle of ground solution looking everywhere for, um, for, for recovery. I, I had no clue, you know, I, I realized today that, you know, I, I had no power of choice. And, and I wasted and suffered for so many years, as well as the people around me, you know, as a, as a side effect of, of my uh, selfishness that um, I wanted to mention here, I lost my place, sorry. Um, one was to go on to the bitter end, which is what I, where I was for uh, 30 years, blotting out the consciousness of the intolerable situation as best I, we could. And then the other was to accept spiritual help. And I have to turn the page, the... That we did because we were on, oh, when we were honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Well, for me, that screams out to me that, you know, I, I, I had a mental illness. I had an um, obsession. Uh, I had a physical allergy, which produced a mental obsession. And the obsession kept me believing, you know, that I could try another way, I could do this. I could not, I could not not eat and and as long as i was in the food and then right after that this is this is the treadmill that i was on i promised that i myself that i wouldn't eat and then i couldn't do that and then i promised i wouldn't pick up again and then i did pick up again the obsession of the mind ensured that that would happen and this 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 disease kept me imprisoned in this malady for so long until, you know, I was lucky enough and God's grace, you know, led me into the big book to read and to study with, um, with, with the recovering alcoholics. And, and then it was, again, It was when, it was when my eating became, the pain of continuing eating and not eating became more intolerable, became worse than the pain of accepting spiritual help, which I didn't know I was accepting spiritual help. But the pain of continuing eating became so bad that I was willing to accept somebody else's help, and and therefore that was the beginning of of recovery, and and the spiritual help that I was so desperately fighting to not to not to give up to cling to my old way of working, you know, was such the opposite of of the prison that um, compulsive overeating kept me in. You know that the, the promise of joy and help and feeling helping others and recovery and you know has has such a dichotomy that you know I, I don't even know how to exple- express it. But for me, that was it. I had to, I had to be willing to put down the food, stop doing that, and then pick up the help whoever offered it to me. And I hope there are many people here that are willing to do that today. That it, that it never gets better. That. The compulsive overeating will continue to take years away from us. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lois. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? It's Leah. Leah, go ahead, please.
11: Thank you so much. If you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. I mean, I kept looking for door number three. You know, I kept looking for door number three. Uh, So many different methods, so many different remedies, um, and I was just getting beaten to a bloody pulp by this illness because, you know, it always gets worse. It never gets better. The progression just continued, you know, to turn that vice just tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. You know, uh, this whole paragraph talks about that. There, There is no door number three. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. Um, you know, I... Just didn't want to throw in the towel i didn't want to surrender a hundred percent, and this program of recovery tells me that uh, half measures will avail us nothing, <laughs> not even a little bit it'll avail us nothing. you know I was kind of ninety eight percent powerlessness you know ninety eight percent well, almost powerless uh, meant that I was you know, almost a real compulsive overeater, almost needing to work this program as instructed in the book, almost needing a sponsor, almost needing to do the steps, almost needing to pray, almost needing God, uh, you know, almost getting uh, recovered, and almost getting recovered is, uh, you know, is valueless, (laughs) because there is no such thing as almost getting recovered. There is either... Uh, recover, being recovered, or mayhem. That, that was it. I had to make a decision here because once I accepted step one, I had to realize that anything that came from my own resources, my willpower, my effort, my goal, my philosophy, any good intentions, would not solve my problem of compulsive overeating. My human resources alone simply weren't sufficient. So now my choice is narrowed down to either relying on some power greater than myself or being doomed to a compulsive overeater's death. And believe me, I was getting there mighty quickly. Isolation, deep depression, suicidal thinking. I was there. So the big book says these aren't easy alternatives to face, but they were the only ones I got. You know, so I experienced God when my resistance stopped. It said to accept spiritual help when I said, you know what, I'm beaten, I'm done. You know, God came in through my wounds, not through any intellect or any uh, self-knowledge or any kind of, uh, you know, academic uh, decision here. It came in through pain, through, through knowing that there I was cornered. Either I was going to continue to live my life in this insane manner, or I was going to have to throw myself and every bit of energy that I ever threw into the disease, I was going to have to throw it into the program of recovery. That was it. I mean, I was cornered. You know, this decision did not come from my mind. It came from my gut, my soul. You know, what is it going to be, Leah? And so after t- almost two decades of mayhem, I just threw the dice on the table and said, God, take me. I don't know who you are, where you are. I can't define you. I have no idea, w- you know, what this program of recovery is going to do you know, I don't know. All I know is I am dying by my own fists, and against all the odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. You know, it was—it was—you uh, know—a uh, it was born. It was a decision born from pain. It was a decision born from you know desperation, and and because you know, of that suffering, and because of uh, continuing to try to find a new angle, I went from that pain from my mind where resistance lives to my spirit where I could be free. You know, we always hear freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. There is a price to pay, and it's called the implementation of these steps. And I'm either going to pay the price of the disease by bowing to its demands or pay the price of recovery by implementing these steps is clearly written on these pages and with that I pass thank you
0: Thank you Leia and thank you to everyone who has shared we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer and Julie can you please read a vision for you
1: I uh, yes hold that on one second
15: May God bless you and keep you until then.
1: Thank you, Julie.